everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Turbulence, the podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Janae, and today we get the chance to hear from a woman who decided enough was enough, so she quit her corporate job to take an adult gap year and explore the world. She reached out to me because she had some pretty hilarious encounters meeting men from all the way in Australia to Vietnam. Let's get right into it with Stephanie Perry. All right, let's get right into it with Stephanie Perry. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? I'm great, Ty. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, can you go ahead and let everyone know what it is that you do in the travel space and a little bit more about who you are? Sure. One, I quit my job as a pharmacy technician to travel on savings. Uh, and then once that was gone, I went back to work. But I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stay working anymore after I had, I had lived that full-time travel life. So now I'm a year-round house sitter and I help other women who are feeling burnout uh, take time off of work so that they can travel, see the world, take a sabbatical. That's beautiful. I love that. And I, I've been following you for some time now on social media. And you inspired me to sign up for my trusted house sitters profile. However, I've, I haven't done anything oh, great. with it. <laughs> Use it. Use it. I'm telling you, house sitting changed the game for me. It means that I can be wherever I want. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I can go wherever I want. I don't have to think about how much does it cost. I've spent I spent a couple months in London and London is a super expensive city. I've house sat in San Francisco for months at a time. It's I, I mean, use your membership. We'll t I'm going to I didn't know that you hadn't house sat yet. I'm going <laughs> to. No, we're going to talk later. I'm going to make sure you do. Perfect. Okay. Cause I'm a little bit confused about it, but, um, okay. So first, my first question is what were you doing before you decided to take this adult gap year? I was a pharmacy technician. I worked in a hospital, which meant that they were very weird about vacation time. Like, sure, you can earn vacation days, but you might not get to use your vacation days. They would they had to approve all my days and I would request the week vacation and they'd be like, OK, you can have three days, you know, and not even three consecutive days. That's so frustrating. Then, I hate that so much. <laughs> it was horrible. And so I was like, you know what? It, it's actually easier to quit and do all the traveling I want to do, because at the time I thought in a year, oh, I'm going to see it all. You know, so I was like, it's easier to just quit and see it all than it is to ask them for vacation and have to beg and plead just to, you know, take take time off that I already earned. And you called it a sabbatical or an adult gap year. Can you explain a little bit about what that what that means? A lot of people think that a gap year is just for kids, you know, students. You can a lot of students like uh, Malia Obama took a gap year after she graduated from high school, but before she went to college, she took a year. Um, so a lot of people think that it's something that only really young people can do. Take that year, travel for a little bit, maybe you learn a language and then go to college or then start your job after college. But grownups do it too. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Sometimes you just need, not sometimes, like everyone just needs some time to recharge, to reset, regroup, you know, Mm -hmm. You because we're always busy, we're always working, we're always going to school, we're always taking care of family. You know, sometimes you know, adults just need some time to chill and I, to, to, to do the stuff that you think you're going to put off until retirement. Because when you try to keep, you know, do all this stuff when you're 
able, right? When your body is cooperative and then you wait until you're 65 to try to travel and live, that's a scam. Yeah, that a hundred percent. I 100% agree with you because my first experience, even knowing what a gap year was, was when I was already, I think I was in my master's program and I was, I who, where was it, to Europe for like nine days. And when I was on the trip, it was a lot of students who were doing this, this so-called gap year. And it was like more prominent in other countries rather than it is in the U.S. Like, I feel yeah. like here it's more about like, you need to work, like, like don't take any days off. That That's how you prove your worth to your company. But it's mm. completely different elsewhere. It sure is. And once you go out and you see what other people are doing, it totally changes your perspective. You're like, oh, that's why I couldn't come back to work. Like <laughs> I came after that year, I came back to work and I was like, I don't want my whole life to be this job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how how did you even find house sitting at all? How did you even get into doing that? I just was reading a blog post. I was trying to find ways to travel cheaply, you know, travel inexpensively because I traveled that first year on savings. Um, when I wanted to go back and travel some more, I didn't have any money. You know, I, I didn't have a job that I could work while I was traveling. And so I needed to find a way to travel really, really inexpensively. And I just read a blog post and she said she was house sitting. And next thing you knew, I was house sitting. <laughs> so when I think when I think of house sitting, I think of like some expensive, you know, mansion where someone's just like, oh, like I need you to watch my home. And you're just like sitting there. Like, are you watching animals or pets or 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 plants? Or are you just like chilling in the house? Most of the time I'm pet sitting. So most of the time I am watching somebody's pet. Right now I'm house sitting in, right now I'm house sitting in Austin. I'll be here for a month and I'm watching one tiny chihuahua. Um, but it depends. There are houses with no pets. There are mansion houses. There are beach house houses. There are whatever, whatever you. <laughs> any, a lot of any, different options. Yeah. Anything that someone lives in. I've seen houses for RVs. Like I live full time in an RV, but I'm going to whatever, another country for a while. And I need someone to come stay in my RV while I'm gone. Whatever you can imagine. There's someone who wants you to come and take care of their home, their plants, or and maybe their pets while they go somewhere else. Now, do you just like create some sort of connection, like with a profile where they just feel more comfortable? Like, what is it that you did? Because I know you do it so often. Like, what is it that you did on your profile? I mean, the one that I got from you was trustedhousesitters.com, right. right? And so it's like, what did you put on your profile to make people feel comfortable with you when you just started and you didn't have a lot of house sitting experience? I just tried to put myself in their shoes. What do they want to read from somebody that will make them say, okay, this stranger can come into my home where all my stuff is while I'm gone and they can take care of this animal that I love just like a child, you know? So I just make sure that I sound, I tell, let them feel that I am a sincere person, that I'm warm and caring. Um, in, in my letter, I let them know that why I house it. I house it because I like to travel, you know, for free. <laughs> what has been in the letter? What has been like your favorite city to house it in that has like a lot of things to do and maybe a lot of people to meet? <laughs> a so I'm, I'm gonna give you two answers, Ty. So Amsterdam, I, I house sat in Amsterdam and that was fun. It was too short. I think I was there for maybe six days or something. Um, so that's a place that I'd love to go back to. The house was gorgeous, first of all. 
And uh, but Amsterdam was just a great city. I was there in springtime. Uh, my friend Monique from An Unstoppable Journey. She took me around to the tulip farms and tulip fields, and we took a crazy amount of pictures. Uh, so and so Amsterdam house sitting was a lot of fun. Um, but my I house it most in a couple of small towns in Mexico. There are a couple of there are several towns in Mexico and all over the world that are very popular with American and Canadian retirees. And so if you get to a town like that, it's really easy to turn one house sit into months of house sitting. Mm -hmm. So Ajijic, Mexico is my um, like that's my go to town. Once I get into town or even before I get into town, I can book months of house sitting um, for a long, you know, you know, easily. Mm -hmm. Same thing in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. Mexico in itself, I love I love Mexico. Even though they're our neighbor and people are like, oh, that's not very exotic. Mexico is one of my faves. I love Mexico. Like, people need to stop. Mexico is where it's at. Like, it especially is. for us on the West Coast, like, that's a quick, you know, trip. But mm -hmm. do, you, do you ever feel, like, lonely being in, like, the houses? Like, what do you do in order to fight off, like, maybe, you know, feeling kind of too isolated? It's, so I do a lot of the stuff that other travelers do that we don't think to do at home. I think that when you start to feel lonely when you're traveling long term, it's easier to change that than it is when you're home. Right. It's hard to meet new people at home. But when you're traveling, it's it's a lot easier. You can just pop in a Facebook group and be like, hey, there are Facebook groups with tens and hundreds of thousands of travelers. You can just be like, hey, I'm in this city or go on meetup.com. Tinder though is my go-to. Oh, <laughs> when I when I I'm like, okay, I'm tired of being in being in the house. All I need to do is get on Tinder. What was the first city that you that you decided to download the app and and try it out with Tinder? The first city would have been Bangkok, I'm pretty sure. So I started my that gap year, that year of traveling. I started it in Thailand. Well, I kind of I started in Malaysia, but then I quickly went to Thailand. And I think the first city that I tendered in was Bangkok, but I didn't meet up with anybody. It was just a bunch of chatting and talking because I was moving too fast. I was going from town to town, um, you know. And so it's always like, oh, do you want to meet up tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, I, I have a, tomorrow I'm getting on the bus to go to Chiang Mai. Mm, okay. So you would, then, you would recommend it if you stay somewhere a little bit longer. Or you can do, you can Tinder ahead of time before you get to the city. You know, it's called Tinder Go. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. So you can, tinder, uh -huh, you can Tinder before you get there. Yes. Really? I've never have... read that before. That That's a great idea. So it's like you kind of uh -huh. get prepared and you're meeting those people, you know, beforehand. Yep. And when you get there, it's just like, oh, let's meet up rather than sure, trying sure. to find them. That's smart, uh, Stephanie. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Yeah. So you can tender ahead of time or just like be more urgent about it. If you're only going to be in town for four days and you're tendering, you need to let people know, hey, I'm in town for if you want to holler at me, you need to do it today. <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, so what where where what country have you actually like went on a date from Tinder? Vietnam was probably the first. Um, when I was in Vietnam, so when I was in Vietnam, I was tendering and matching with a lot of people who were other travelers. So people always think, oh, you know, you're tra you know, you're tendering in this country, you don't speak the language, but you don't have to, because a lot of people on Tinder are 
travelers just like you who are just mm -hmm. in town for a little while. So Vietnam was probably the first place where I had an actual Tinder date. I, okay. met, I met up with the guy. So this guy was genius. So we met up, he was German and he introduced me to the idea of the Tinder tour. Tinder <laughs> tour, what is that? <laughs> he, I had been in Hoi An, Vietnam for almost a month. Hoi An, Vietnam is great. I recommend it to anybody who's listening. Um, I got a, um, a place to stay for $180 a month and it included a bicycle. Um, so, I love that, a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, because in Vietnam, everybody rides a bike to get around. And, you know, so they're like, here, you need a bike too? Here's your bike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, I matched with him. I had been in town for almost a month at that point. And he's like, you know, I think that we're just going to go out for drinks. And he's like, oh, no, I'd like to see the town. You know, I'd like to see some sights. And he was like, I'd like to, I'd like, you know, to eat. And then I'd like to go to the beach. And, you know, so he listed things that he wanted to do. And so I planned a full day for us. And, you know, and we did all the stuff that was on his list. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I was just a free tour guide. I Damn. was a free tour guide for this guy. I wasn't mad about it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was a free tour guide. I got to, I showed him all the best spots. I showed him a really good and inexpensive restaurant, which is called Red Dragon in Hoi An. It's my favorite restaurant in the whole world. <laughs> um, I took him to the good beach because there are a couple, there are two different beaches in um, Hoi An. I, show, I even showed him the, the um, um, tailor shop that I like to use, the lady who made my dresses, you know, like, he saw the best of this town in a couple of hours or a few hours and it was free. And was, was he like, cute? He was cute and he was nice. He was German. Germans are, 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 you know, decent people. Like some of the, you know, some dudes are jerks. And, but mm -hmm. I, my experience is that <laughs> there's, there's jerks German, everywhere. Uh -huh. There's jerks everywhere. But Germans are a little uh, less jerk jerky so okay he was cute he was nice we have never seen each other again we didn't even talk again but it was a, you know it was an enjoyable day but that happens I feel like when you are traveling and sometimes you do meet people that are just for that day mm -hmm. you know but but it's just an experience like just because you meet someone you know doesn't have to doesn't mean you have to keep seeing them all the time like Absolutely. that's that's travel that is what it is mm -hmm. but what was how was it like walking around vietnam with this german guy you know like being a black woman did you see any like weird stares or or feeling comfortable at any point no so people stare at me in general in southeast asia um it's it's not it's something that i'm fine with as long as it's not like a big tour group so in in southeast asia generally especially when you're going to places that are popular with tourists, people have seen black people before, but you might run into a tour group from some small village, you know, in China, there are Chinese tourists everywhere. You might run into people who have not seen black people before and just want to take your picture and touch you and, you know, touch your hair. And Oh no. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know it's all a lot of curiosity. Like that, I yeah. tell people that all the time, like, Oh, like, what if somebody tries to come and touch your hair? Like you tell them, no, they know what no means. They do. You know what? They know that look, <laughs> you know, but anytime they do come up and like want to take pictures with you, like it's happened before. I normally let them as long as it's out of like, I feel like it's more curiosity, mm -hmm. you know, and them just trying to, you know, explore and see something they never seen before, but That's it's right. been intense. I've seen selfie sticks all in my face. Like yeah. it can get pretty bad. Yeah. There are days there. There were days when I was like, ugh. I don't want to leave my room 
because like in Chiang Mai, I was in a very popular tourist area and the Chinese tour bus would literally park in front of the, the restaurant that I like to eat in, right? I, it was right in, in the middle of things. Every day there was a, you know, a tour bus full of Chinese tourists. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I just be like, I don't wanna deal with that today. Yeah. It, 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 it does get like that in Southeast Asia, especially when you stay put for a while. When you're moving from place to place, I think it's probably a little less um, noticeable. But when you stay in a, in a place for a while, you kind of feel like, ugh. But I mean, there are the ups and downs to everything. It's, a, it's, it's still better than going to work. <laughs> now, you, you mentioned but when you reached out to me that you've tendered in six continents or six mm -hmm. continents. Six no, continents on six continents. I've tendered. I've tendered in Australia and Asia, North and South America. I've tendered in Europe. I've tendered in Africa. I have not tendered in Antarctica because I've not been to to the seventh continent. Right. But yeah, I've tendered around the world. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Australia. What was your experience there? I want to let's let's dive into that. So, my very first impression when I got to Australia was that Australian women were in charge. Right. In, in Australia, the women are in charge. I noticed that before anything. And so when I started tendering in Australia, I started to see why. Because Australian men, manly and masculine as they are or look, they are very passive in the relationship aspect, right? They're very, they're late. They're, they're going to sit back, but you have to do the work. That's a completely different, like, look and idea from, like, the stereotypical Australian man though it sure is it doesn't match when you look at, <laughs> you look at him and he looks like uh what's his name Outback Jack yes <laughs> like they're normally like big and burly and they got the accent and it's thick and they're adventurous like that's like the stereotype of them but you're saying that they're yeah, wearing more, the boots and the hat yeah that they're more passive in relationships they are the woman is in charge and so if you're not used to that or if you're just not in the mood for it at that particular time it can be difficult so i had a hard time i was in australia for two months because i did work exchanges down there where i stayed with families uh and you know stayed with families got free room and board while i worked for them and and then um yeah so i was there for two months at least might have been a little longer and it was really difficult to get beyond the pen pal stage in Australia. Mm. There was a lot of talk. They talk a lot. I think that's something that you that people will notice when they get to Australia. Australians talk a lot uh, and they write a lot and they text a lot and there's a lot of communication, but there's, a, there's not a lot of progress because I don't know where to go for, you know, for food or drinks. I don't know how to enjoy happy hour. Australian happy hour is crazy expensive. Like they happy hour drinks don't go on sale because drinks are so expensive in Australia. A lot of things except are expensive for wine. in Australia. Good grief. It's a crazy expensive place. Right. So I'm on Tinder because I want someone to buy me right? drinks. So I can't, <laughs> I can't be like, let's go to this place for happy hour, you know, because I he's got to invite me because I'm not paying. Yeah. So he's he's kind of like sitting back. And like waiting for you to kind of mention where to go and what to do every time every time and then it would be like you know the next day oh i went out last night and i'm like dude <laughs> you you texted me for like two hours yesterday you didn't think to say you were going to whatever place the only time the only in the whole two months that i was tendering in australia the only actual date i had 
was with an Australian man who had lived in Japan for years. He was a teacher. Hmm. And so he had lived out of Australia for a long time. And so he knew how to date. You know what I mean? He knew knew how to say, let's go to this place. He took me to karaoke. I mean, it was a full on date date. Uh, But other than that, I mean, it was like, it was crickets. Not well, not crickets. I mean, I was getting a lot of attention, but just no progress. Yeah, no, no, like moving forward. Okay, well, well, okay. So we talked about Australia. What would you say? What country would you say has like the most marriage material men? Like the men who are like actually going for it and like they're showing you that they want you. You know, like where is that at? Jeez, Tyler. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay. So I moved from town to town pretty quickly. So it's hard to say. Um, what about in Africa? I would, okay. So in South Africa, okay. So in South Africa, the men do want to, <laughs> there's a difference between men who want to marry you and marriage material. Okay, well let's so, <laughs> get into that. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> in South Africa, yes, you can find a man who will want to marry you. I don't think that anybody, I can't picture anybody going to South Africa and not coming back with a couple of proposals under the girl. Belt. But me? You... <laughs> no, no. How long were you there? Um, I was there for about three months. It, I didn't get proposed to, you know, but that it was he was pushing in that direction. Definitely pushing in that okay. direction, calling me his future okay. wife and stuff. So I guess. Oh, girl. Yeah, can't. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> yes. Right. It's just their thing. Uh, it was, and I, I'm, I'm 45. When I went to South Africa, I was probably 42 or 43. Um, and so not only do they see a single woman, but they see a single black woman in her forties and they, and she's traveling alone and they think, aha, she is here to get a jackpot. Like <laughs> they were convinced that that, uh, the only re- why else would I be there? The only reason I was there was to get a husband and it was going to be them. So it was difficult. I actually deleted Tinder. I had to take the app off my phone in South Africa. Slow down. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you meet, I even like you could talk to somebody in a restaurant and give him your WhatsApp. And by the time you get home, he's like, baby, you're all I ever wanted. (laughs) So right. Now, when I think back to, oh my goodness. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. South Africa. Yes. Okay, y'all hear that, ladies. South Africa's where it's at. But she didn't say they were they were all marriage material. Well, so what is that? Mean? Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I guess part of it is just you don't know these people. But it's I think it's just strange to have somebody professing so much love for you that you know you don't even know. Like, dude, you don't even actually know my real That's name. So early, you know? calm down. Take it easy. <laughs> Calm down. All right. Okay, (laughs) Stephanie. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for accepting my invite to be on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. This was so much fun. Yeah. Could you go ahead and just give a little bit of advice to women who are like stuck in their jobs and they want to take that leap and do an adult gap year? What is something that you you could say to inspire them to follow in your footsteps? Listen, you don't know what's coming around the corner for you. Do it now. T- take the time to do the things that you want to do to live the life that you want to live now. If you've spent all your time working and going to school and you know doing all of the things, you've, you deserve to do your thing for 
a little while. You can set a finite amount of time. You don't have to upend your entire life, but you can say, I want to see the world. I want to see the world before I'm 75 years mm -hmm. old. I'm going to take some time and I'm going to do this right now. And you can do it on a, an, an extremely low budget. I'm a house sitter. I've had months where I spend less than $500 all month. You can do it on a low budget if that's the, if that's your if your concern is money, it, don't let it be. Hmm. You heard that, ladies. Take your notes, write it down, and also let everybody know where they can find you so they can stay and connect with you. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Vacarious. I know it's a weird name, but V A Y C A R I O U S. When I started everything, my blog, that's my blog name. When I started my blog, it was because I wanted people to be able to vacation vicariously through me. So I called it vicarious, but I don't want you to do that anymore. I want you to actually go for yourself, mm. but you can find me there at vicarious and I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel all about taking a sabbatical on a budget and I'm youtube.com slash Stephanie Perry. If you look up, you know, black woman sabbatical, You'll find me. Yes, you will. She has so much amazing content. So if that is something that you're really thinking about doing, make sure that you connect with her. I also have her information in the bio below. Me, how are you? I'm great, Ty. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, can you go ahead and let everyone know what it is that you do in the travel space and a little bit more about who you are? Sure. I quit my job as a pharmacy technician to travel on savings. Uh, and then once that was gone, I went back to work, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stay working anymore after I had, I had lived that full-time travel life. So now I'm a year round house sitter and I help other women who are feeling burnout, uh, take time off of work so that they can travel, see the world, take a sabbatical. That's beautiful. I love that. And I, I've been following you for some time now on social media and you inspired me to sign up for my trusted house sitters profile however I've, i haven't done anything oh, with it <laughs> use it use it i'm telling you house sitting changed the game for me it means that i can be wherever i want you know <laughs> like yeah. i can go wherever i want i don't have to think about how much does it cost i've spent i spent a couple months in london and london is a super expensive city i've house sat in san francisco for months at a time it's i, I mean use your membership We'll t I'm gonna. We're, I didn't know that you hadn't house that yet. I'm gonna, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, we're gonna I, talk later. I'm gonna make sure you do. <laughs> perfect. Okay, because I'm a little bit confused about it. But um, okay. So first, my first question is, what were you doing before you decided to take this adult gap year? I was a pharmacy technician. I worked in a hospital, which meant that they were very weird about vacation time. Like, sure, you can earn vacation days, but you might not get to use your vacation days. They would they had to approve all my days and I would request a week vacation and they'd be like, OK, you can have three days, you know, and not even three consecutive days. That's so frustrating. Then, I hate that so much. <laughs> it was horrible. And so I was like, you know what? It, it's actually easier to quit and do all the traveling I want to do. Cause at the time I thought in a year, Oh, I'm going to see it all, you know? So I was like, it's easier to just quit and see it all than it is to ask them for vacation and have to beg and plead just to, you know, take, take time off that I already earned. And you called it a sabbatical or an adult gap year. Can you explain a little bit about what that, what that means? A lot of people think that a gap year is just for, kids, you know, students, you can, a lot of students like uh, Malia Obama took a gap year after she graduated from high school, but before she went to college, she took a year. 
Um, so a lot of people think that it's something that only really young people can do. Take that year, travel for a little bit, maybe you learn a language and then go to college or then start your job after college. But grownups do it too. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Sometimes you just need, not sometimes, like everyone just needs some time to recharge, to reset, regroup, you know, mm-hmm. you w- because we're always busy. We're always working. We're always going to school. We're always taking care of family. You know, sometimes you know, adults just need some time to chill and I- to, to, to do the stuff that you think you're going to put off until retirement. Because when you try to keep, you know, do all this stuff when you're able, right? When your body is cooperative and then you wait until you're 65 to try to travel and live, that's a scam. Yeah, that a hundred percent. I 100% agree with you because my first experience, even knowing what a gap year was, was when I was already, I think I was in my master's pro 